And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. We all remember seeing years ago those futuristic drawings saying what the future is going to be. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. Gleaming buildings, fast monorails. This is the future. It was all started by a mind. Twice the size of Manhattan. We want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Walt Disney World. Better than any other urban environment in America. Two True Freaks proudly presents... We hope that it will be unlike anything else on this earth. Golf courses, campgrounds, stores, hotels... Earning My Ears. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for everyone who participates. We're ready to go right now. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Earning My Ears. My name is Scott Rifen. I am joined by the one and only Mr. Scott Gardner, and we are here to talk Walt Disney World, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So sit back, strap your ears on, and get ready to listen. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great. How are you, man? I'm fantastic today. <laughs> How did uh, Christmas and New picture. Year? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's even it's even chilly here in the state of Florida. If you can believe, well, I mean, as chilly as it gets for uh, for Florida anyway. But uh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is the test of whether or not my blood has thinned, and yes, it has because <laughs> I got the chills. Nice. <laughs> I'm not as bad as some of the you know the the, the long time and and native quote unquote native Floridians are horrible. You know, it drops below 80, and they're putting on sweaters and stuff. I'm I'm more of a dropping to you know 60s is kind of yeah, it's getting kind of on the cooler side for me. But <laughs> so how did uh, how'd the holidays treat you? Uh, they were okay. They weren't bad. We were nice, nice time. Spent time with family. Saw you over December. Of course, we recorded that episode. This is true uh, around Christmas time, which was fantastic. Uh, you know, we always enjoy that. We're already we already have next year's trip booked for December. Nice. Yeah, we play no games, so we can go and do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's find something different to do this time. <laughs> But, uh, but I'm not that that wasn't fun because it was a blast. But uh, there's so much to do at the holidays, as you know, oh, at Disney World. Now, it's uh, it's early January as we record this. Are the holiday things coming down yet? Have they already come down? Uh, I I haven't been in a park um, in, gosh, quite a, quite a little bit now. So I don't, I can't speak to the parks. All I can tell you is uh, at my resort at Pop Century, um, as we record this, it just came down like a day or two ago. Oh wow! So okay. yeah, that that's the one thing is you gotta really love Christmas because much like the department stores, it comes well before Christmas. But unlike everywhere else in the world, it stays for a good while after Christmas. Um, that's a good thing, though. It, well, it is if you're visiting. If you're actually you know you you you're there you know every day in in a you know in a working capacity, it can it can kind of. It can seem a little long sometimes, but uh, but no, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I love Christmas, I truly do. But it's, I guess, it's just it's that old mentality from when I was a kid, you know. And it was really bad, especially you know, growing up in upstate New York, that once Christmas had come and gone, you know, just by the nature of the beast of being upstate New York, you know, you still had months of winter staring you at the in the face. 
And the, t the Christmases I can remember, the winters I can remember really being tough, is when you would get either a green Christmas, which didn't happen very often, or a, a, a sparsely snowed Christmas. You know, so you'd have Christmas, Christmas is done, and then you would get these like massive blizzards that would come in and just blanket everything in these virgin snow fields, you know, and, and just look look like a, a, a picture-perfect postcard Christmas, yet Christmas was done, you know, weeks ago. But you had to stare that in the face for, you know, months to come yet before Christmas or before winter was truly over. So for me, it's just, you know, and this just goes back to being a kid. Once Christmas is coming gone, I'm kind of just ready for, okay, Christmas, thanks. You know, we'll see you next year kind of thing. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way at Walt no. Disney World. You know, once Christmas is over, you know, you still got, you've got at least a week. It depends on where you are because I'm actually surprised that it came down as quickly as it did this year. Um, I can't remember when they typically take it down at, at Pop Century, which is funny because this was like my fourth Christmas there this year. But I know my first year when I was working in transportation, I remember the Christmas music loop at the Transportation and Ticket Center. I want to say that that lasted till, I want to say the first week of February, I think. I remember it being weeks beyond Christmas, um, huh. possibly a month beyond Christmas. And just being kind of tired of Christmas by that point, you know, because those, uh, depending on the area that you go to, those Christmas loops are not very, you know, the music loops I'm talking are not very long, some of them. No, no, so, especially yeah. if you're there all day. I mean, if yeah. I'm passing through, it's no big deal. But when you're there yeah. for hours. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, you know, and that, and, you know, this is going to sound awful, but that's one of the things that has kept me out of attractions because I'm just, you know, I don't think I could, as, as much as I love the music in the parks, I don't think I could stand to just stand in, you know, like, you know, outside of an attraction or inside of an attraction, just hear the same song or the same little short piece of music over and over and over again. It's different when it's a loop of music. But again, if you've got, you know, some of those loops are super short. They're like 22 minutes. So even though it's a, it's a, compilation of music and a compilation of songs still every 22 music to repeat for you know eight hours a day every single day for months on end yeah it gets it gets a little bit much so you know i'm happy when christmas comes in because it means hey new loop but then by the time christmas is over it's like okay christmas go away bring back the, the regular loop you know <laughs> you know and that's a shame one of the things i think is neat about the fact that they let it linger into january is there are a lot of people who are crowd dodgers Oh yeah, yeah. And I and I'm one of those people. I it, it's so funny because I always at work and I've been at the radio station where I am for uh, uh next month will be 21 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And uh one of the things that happens is I every year I always take the week between Christmas and New Year's off. And it's and it's really it's nothing more than to sit at home, recharge the batteries, spend some time with family, get some things done that I've needed to get done. It's just that kind of thing. But every time, because everybody knows me, they always go, oh, did you go to Disney? Did you go to Disney? I'll bet you went to Disney. And I always, tell, I always give them a pretty stern look and go, there is no way <laughs> I am going to Disney. That week of all the weeks of the year, that is the week I will not go. See, that comes from you being a well-educated Walt Disney World veteran. To this very day, I continue to get people both, you know, that, that come to Disney, but also just people that I, you know, talk to or whatever. 
that seem to have this idea that that is the perfect week to go. Who's going to be there? It's going to be so dead. And they couldn't be more wrong. It is the (laughs) busiest time of the entire year that week. And uh, why that misperception persists is baffling to me that people would think it would be dead. I guess it's just... It's this idea that, eh, it's Christmas. You know, who travels at Christmas? Who goes to Walt Disney World for Christmas? Well, the answer is everybody does. (laughs) Everybody does. Yeah, they they, uh, had uh, closings by Coastal this year um, for, I don't know about Christmas Day, but I know New Year's. I want to say Christmas Day as well, I think. Um, but yeah, some of the parks actually reached capacity at least for short times uh, on these uh, past two holidays. I I actually had an aunt and uncle who, with with many kids and grandkids, uh, we used to spend Christmas with them most years. And one year they came down and said, "Hey, we're going to be we're going to wake up tomorrow morning." They came to Christmas Eve and said, "We're going to wake up tomorrow morning at Disney World." Ha ha! About that. Uh, aren't you jealous? And I went, "No, I can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> I can't." And they're like, no, it's it's just it's Christmas. Nobody's. You know, they think of like when you go out on the roads on Christmas Day, it's dead. You know, right. when you're just driving around town. That's because nothing's open. Yeah, but guess what? When you go down to Disney, everybody's there. Yep. And I couldn't. Open. I could not explain that to them well enough. They kept, no, no, you're crazy. No, it'll be great. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. And they came back just shaking their heads, going, "We are so wrong. <laughs> we are so sorry. We should have listened to you." <laughs> and I, I told him, I was like, well, you know, you could have called me in advance before you made these plans, and I would have gone ahead and taken care of this for you. You yep. should not be doing this. Exactly. Yeah. But there are some people who love it. I saw pictures posted on Facebook of a room where people, I guess, were staying there long term. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are those the ones I posted from yeah. top? Yeah. Apparently, I, I, this is the funny thing. Like I said, this is my fourth Christmas at, at Pop. I'd never seen this before. And apparently, according to some of my coworkers, these folks have been there every single year. I Nobody had ever pointed it out to me before. But they were uh, they were hard to miss because they were right in uh, Building 1 at Pop Century, which uh, on the way that I park and walk into work takes me literally right past their door. And so one night as I was walking out to the car, um, I happened to catch their window display, you know, just kind of from afar. And I'm looking at it going, what is, man, that's bright. What's going on over there? So I walked over and it was gorgeous. And what they had done was they had rented two rooms side by side with the, with a connecting door in between. So they were actually staying, living in one room. And then the other room, they had decorated with like an imagineering level of detail uh this room celebrating christmas mm-hmm. and it was and it, that's the cool thing about it is what they did was they decorated the room and then they threw open the blinds and they and they propped the blinds in such a way that it was like it was like one of those window displays on main street you know with the christmas scene it was kind of like that yeah. and this entire room was not meant to be entered or slept in or lived in it was this is christmas it was just a room as a christmas display and it was absolutely amazing. They had a beautiful tree with all kinds of ornaments and Disney stuff on it. They had uh, a lot of Frozen stuff. And you know I me, mean, I'm not the biggest Frozen guy, but even that was really cool. They had snowflakes on the wall. Um, and they had decorated their TV with... Basically, they turned their TV into a fireplace. And then yep. on the TV, they had hooked up a loop 
um, from, I don't know, a video or from a DVD or something, but it was a, a one of those Yule log loops. Yeah, yeah. And so it looked like their fireplace was a, or excuse me, their TV rather, was a roaring fireplace. And all of these elements just blended together to just visually work. And it really looked like a piece of genuine imagineering. And I was, I was highly impressed. My pictures do not do that room justice at all. Because the problem with trying to get the pictures of that is that the, the Christmas tree was front and center of the window display and it was white and very bright. So it kind of, it, it dulled the, you know, as you're trying to look deeper into the room, it, that part of the room was darker. So you couldn't quite see all the detail that was further back in the room, but just amazing. And I kept hearing that they were giving tours of the room and I kept trying to get one and I just could not ever catch them at the right time because I really wanted the opportunity to go and both thank them uh, but also just get some really really good pictures and I, I never quite did but uh, I did see them as they were packing up and leaving and it was funny somebody walked by and said you know something like hey love the room or something and guys very New Yorker accent it was very funny uh, you know because he's not at all you know to look at the guy was not at all the image I would have had of somebody who set this up because he, he kind of looked like what I imagine Cl Maury Clawhammer would look like in real life. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I'll be here next year. And it was just hysterical because it's like, wow, that's the guy that did all this, huh? Never would have imagined. <laughs> but yeah, j j absolutely incredible. Absolutely oh. incredible. And this was by far the most elaborate uh, guest setup I had ever seen, but they are hardly alone. That's one of the cool things is that people just go hog wild at Christmas time with the, and this happens at at, uh, at Halloween as well. Uh, that guests will just decorate their their personal living space while they're there. You know, whether it's a hotel room or at the campground or something like yeah. that, they they go in for these really elaborate displays. And I just I think that's so cool. I think that's really nice. It just it adds to the season for me. It really does. It really does. I haven't had the guts to do it. A couple of times, you know, during our nine day stays, you kind of want to do it, and you watch the uh, the snowbirds that come to the campground. They mm -hmm. always do up there their uh, spaces out there yeah that was on my to-do list this year and once again it, it didn't happen but i swear i'm gonna do that one of these years is is go over to the campground and uh and fully explore and take some pictures and video because i have not ever done that and uh, like i say i meant to do it and it just it, it just never happened but that's the thing you know as we as we kind of intimated in our christmas episode uh there is just so much to do at christmas time yeah. that uh it, it can be hard to do it all yep but it was it was uh, it was beautiful this year. I really had a good time. Uh, speaking of the Christmas episode, it occurs to me that I've been remiss because uh, I'm a little behind in, in checking our mail our email inbox for the show. But uh, I know that we've been getting some really good feedback, and I feel really badly because I can't remember who said it. But somebody posted on Facebook that this was their favorite Christmas episode ever. Now, I don't know if they meant just podcasts or if they meant like everything, you know, Rudolph and Frosty and everybody or what. But one way or the other, whatever they meant, I took that as an incredible compliment. I really appreciated that. So well, whatever they meant, we done good. Yeah, good. I, I just thought that was very high praise. I feel so badly. I cannot remember who uh, who said that, but whoever it was that said it, thank you. That that meant a lot to me because. Uh, while it was not a particularly tough episode to edit or anything like that, I was, nonetheless, I was a little concerned about it. I know we had a, a couple of uh, noise issues and things like that. And just the kind of, 
I don't know, you know, just kind of the loosey-goosey nature of the episode um, kind of let me to, geez, this is going to seem like a lazy episode. So I'm, I'm glad that it came across with the intent that we meant with the episode, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. It meant a Absolutely. lot to me. But no, yeah, I, and it did. I, once it was all together, I thought it was, yeah, I was proud of it. I thought it was a really good show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think we did a good job of capturing the season. <laughs> well, we're talking an awful lot of Christmas, but before we yes, move we on from Christmas, well, I just wanted to... Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, well, you did you did a little Christmas receiving on the Disney... As you and I know from our discussion <laughs> of our Star Wars uh, podcast, I didn't get a lot of Star Wars for Christmas, and I didn't get a lot of Disney for Christmas, but, uh, but you did. See, I was feeling bad about that until you told me what you actually did get for Christmas. So, it, folks, it's not like he just, you know, got socks and underwear or didn't get things. He got great things. They just were not related to Star Wars or Disney. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually did get some really great stuff for Disney. You know, it occurs to me, I'm looking at my pile of swag here I'm about to talk about. I, I forgot to include in this pile the, the thing I was probably most excited about. So I'll just throw that out real quick since it is tangentially Disney related. I got Guardians of the Galaxy on Blu-ray. Oh. Uh, I watched it like 15 times already. I love that movie so much. That's what I was hoping Santa would bring. You got to come up here, you know. I keep trying to lure you up here, and now it's with the promise of uh, you can watch Guardians of the Galaxy in 3D up here. Ooh. All right, that's got to happen. That officially has to happen this year and very soon. Yes, that has to happen. Because that's the one thing is, uh, you know, love the movie, have watched it all these times, but every time I watch it, I do get wistful for the 3D because the first... I was going to say the first two times. The only two times I saw it in the theater, I did see it in 3D, and I do miss watching it in 3D. That movie is made for 3D. It really is. Well, I've got, I've gone and bought most of the Marvel movies in 3D, and then there were a couple that I didn't want to pay for. They were too expensive. And I'll be darned if, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud, Steve Glosson had extra copies of a couple of the movies in on Blu-ray in 3D, and he said, you know what? Here, take them. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, and it's funny because when Steve comes to town, I always cover his dinner, and he's he told me the other day he said, you know, you don't have to cover my dinner every time, and I'm thinking, you know, you're piling me up with Marvel Blu-rays in 3D. Yeah, I'm I'm going to cover a couple of dinners for you. You know what I'd like if we could find the time to do it. The one I'd because re- up till now, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't care less that these movies have been in 3D until Guardians, mm-hmm. and now having seen Guardians, it's made me curious about the other ones in 3D, and the one that I would most want to see. For the 3D is uh, I just recently rewatched Thor: The Dark World, ah. and while I liked that movie right out of the gate, it gets better every time I watch it. But also now having seen Guardians so many times, and then I went back and watched Thor: The Dark World, I get it on a whole new level, and it really works for me even that much better. But as I was watching it just the other day, it occurred to me, you know what? I bet you this looks great in 3D. So now that's that's on my to do list. I want to see. Uh, that movie in 3d so yeah that, we'll have to make come that on up i and will do tell that you, one the one that is probably again it's one of my favorite comic book movies of all time and it just looks stunning in 3d is captain america the first avenger oh yeah just looks fantastic in 3d look at the stark expo the 60 well, i say the 64 listen to me slip of the tongue there <laughs> uh i guess the 40 whatever 42 stark expo uh in 3d is just amazing that would be cool yeah yeah i really want to see that 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 movie holds a very special place in my heart because every you know speaking of the expo expo when they first cut to the expo and that monorail goes by i I have the same thought every time it's like i had just become a pilot when that when i saw this movie you know so (laughs) 
holds a holds a very special place. But uh, I'm just gonna run through this stuff real quick because I uh, I feel like gloating about it. <laughs> so the one that I was most blown away that I was like, oh my god, I had I mean I had no clue that this was coming my way. My wife surprised me with this great big box for Christmas because we don't usually buy much for each other. It's all about the kids. Sure. So when she surprises me with something like this, it, it just has that extra level. You know, it really touched me. But it was this great big box. I'm like, oh, my God, what could this thing be? What you know, what did I possibly ask for that was in a great big box? I tore it open, and this is, I know you're going to appreciate this, Scott. This is Disney Traditions, designed by Jim Shore. This is the Haunted Mansion organ player. Oh, you know what? You When we saw you this summer, you were coveting that. Yeah. In fact, if I recall correctly, you had an opportunity to buy one that was kind of uh, not exactly intact. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't do it, and I think you kind of regretted it. I, I did, but now I don't because, I, yeah, I, I wanted it I wanted it complete. And the one that I had seen yeah. had some damage. I probably could have fixed it with a little patience and crazy glue, but these are beautiful pieces. And I yeah, really wanted this pieces. unspoiled. And it's funny what you say about me geeking out over it because my wife said, well, that's why I got it for you. She goes, every time you see this thing, you nerd out over it. And she goes, I, I just, so I just had to get it for you. I mean, the, the thing is, the reason I nerd out over it, for one, it's a beautiful piece. For two, it's it really one is. of my favorite show scenes of the Haunted Mansion. It's it's the organ player, and it, you know, it's a little figurine of the organ player sitting on his bench playing the organ. The organ is beautifully sculpted, and it's electronic. So if you turn on the switch, it doesn't play music or anything, but the spirits coming out of the organ light up in different patterns. And it's yeah. just gorgeous, but it, it just it has that extra level having actually done the tour and stood where this is and, and seen how the effect works and all of that. It just it's that extra level. This is one of my favorite show scenes of the Haunted Mansion, and it's just a gorgeous piece. So it, it really touched me that she got this for me because she's right. I, every time I saw this thing in the store, I was just a total geek over it. And so for, that, that was really cool. And for people who don't know what Jim Shore's style is, because it's not it's not a a faithful ride accurate right. reproduction of it. Jim Shore has this kind of folksy, farmy style. That's mm -hmm. kind of it's it's it kind of reminds me of old quilts and yes. things I would see in my grandmother's kitchen and that kind of thing. Uh, and and to be honest with you, I I was aware of Jim Shore for years before he got a Disney license because I used to do. A remote broadcast at a collectible store in town that was, you know, catered to the the senior citizen collectors, and th he was a big deal with them. And it was always, I always thought it was really neat and very folksy and very Americana. And to have taken that and applied it to some of the likenesses on the attractions, it's just a great mix. Stylistically, it's fantastic. <laughs> it is. It's it's beautiful. I really cherish this. Plus, I'm so it, glad you got that. It glows in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> which is cool i'm a sucker for glow in the dark stuff well so, yeah. i i really am i am so glad you finally got that Me mostly too. so you'll shut up when i'm down there <laughs> <laughs> i got uh i got something disney from my son my son logan which i just this just touched me again it's just totally unexpected i thought it was just so sweet it's a uh, a big fancy disney pin it's kind of oversized from the regular ones and it says a clueless classic Gosh darn Goofy. And then it's got, it's a picture of Goofy and it just says under it, World's Greatest Dad. I just thought that was oh, really cute. Oh. So, yeah. That's going to have a special place on, on my Epcot hat. I just thought that was cute. That is. And 
Just recently, I received Christmas presents from a friend of yours, one of your co-hosts yeah. on Dinner for Geek, Ron Sadowski, just Ron on the Dinner for Geeks podcast, uh, sent me uh, a little package that arrived in the mail, and I was very eager to tear this open because he had actually alerted me that he was sending me something. I just had no idea what it was. And you know what? It occurs to me I don't have the note. There was a note that was included with it that I wanted to read, and now I'm not sure where I've done with the note. But anyway, he was basically saying, you know, you need to broaden your horizons, son. You need to get into some... <laughs> I think he, he noted Cerebus comics, and he noted uh, Uncle Scrooge comics. Both kind of outside of my wheelhouse, but again, you know, being one of the co-hosts of, uh, of uh, Back to the Bins, I've been trying to kind of expand myself a little bit and, and get out of my comfort zone with comics and just discover new things. And, and Ron knows this, and so he sent me a, a couple of very nice Disney items, one of which is a gold key comic. This is Walt Disney's Uncle Scrooge. This is number 82. This book is almost as old as I am. It is from August 1969. I am amazed by what great shape it's in because, you know, on first glance that I would just assume that this is one of those 80s or 90s gold key uh, Disney comics. It's in great shape and everything, but no, you open it up and look at the uh, the indicia. I'm, I'm surprised that this is as old as it is because it's in really, really good shape. And it's cool. It's... Uh, on the cover, you've got uh, Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and they're kind of mouth agape. They're all staring up at the sky as this uh, chariot's being drawn by four horses through the sky. And you've got basically it kind of looks like one of Disney's dog characters, kind of a goofy sort of character with a, a big white beard, and he's holding his hammer high, and he's riding this chariot, and it says, Odzukins, it's Thor in his golden chariot. And the great mythic mystery. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like an anthropomorphic Disney Thor, and uh, you know, funny animal Thor. And it, it's just it's very fun. I can't wait to read this because it does look like it's going to be great fun. So this this should be really cool. It's interesting that that they would uh, that they would publish this um, at a time when Marvel's Thor, you know, was was a thing in you know Marvel in early Marvel comics. So I'm kind of wondering what it's gonna what it's gonna feel like you know are, are they gonna steer clear of that or are they gonna maybe uh play on that idea a little bit i don't know but i'm really looking forward to reading this because it looks like fun and the other thing he sent me it was a book a nice big hardback book this is walt disney's worlds of nature this is uh from the i think this was a series of books because it's got a banner around it says wonderful worlds of walt disney i think this was a series of books that disney did like this i don't know a lot about them but i've been trying to collect these things as they kind of chance my way and it's basically it kind of reminds me of uh it's basically like a true life adventure series in book format beautiful pictures in it and again it just looks like a lot of fun i love stuff like this i love anything vintage disney and you know what actually i was right on the money because there's a there's a page on page 83 some beautiful pictures and some text here talking about the tarantula and the wasp which was a sequence in i want to say living desert i think one of the true life adventures so yeah this is cool i'm looking forward to this as well i love stuff like this and that was pretty much it. I got myself a, a present recently just because I'd been watching this forever and a day. I finally managed to score for less than five bucks, shipping included, a copy of the Rocketeer 3D comic 
This is a, a movie adaptation, uh, but it's actually illustrated by Neil Adams. Came with the Rocketeer 3D glasses and everything, so I was really happy to get that because uh, I've been chasing that for quite a while, but... I'm getting ahead of myself. I forgot to say thank you to Ron. Thank you, Ron, very, very much uh, for the gifts, for the comic and the book. I really, really do appreciate that. It's very nice of you. Did you, uh, with the Rocketeer comic, did you get the cassette that came with it or just the comic? I did, and that's the frustrating thing. It, it's great. You know, the, the comic's in really good shape. I got the 3D glasses, and I got the 3 uh, The uh, it says it's 3D audio. I don't know what that means. But I did get the audio cassette, and I have absolutely no way to play it. <laughs> I, I no longer own a, a cassette player, so I'm stuck. But I really, I'm very curious to read it now because, or listen to it rather, because um, I don't know if it says it on it somewhere or other. I was looking at something, and it said that uh, that Cliff Secord, the Rocketeer, is actually voiced by Corey Burton in that ah. production. And you know, of course, it's a Disney audio production, so I'm sure the 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 quality, you know, the production values are very good and everything. So I'm very curious to hear it. But uh, I'm going to have to find a way to. Uh, to come up with uh, with a cassette player or I've been scouring around the net. I'm surprised I haven't been able to find an MP3 of it somewhere. It's I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Well, I, I, uh, I, I, I have a cassette player still, but I don't have it right now. And you'll be amused at why I don't have one right now. <laughs> I was doing, you know, I was doing the uh, radio plays on the stage at the Ritz theater here in Brunswick. We were doing it's a wonderful life and a Christmas Carol. I was George Bailey and I was Bob Cratchit. And uh, there was a young lady who was in the play. She was doing sound, and she was playing several roles. Really, I mean, top-notch, you know, little actress. She is a senior in high school. Wow. And she came to me one day, because I guess I'm in radio, therefore anything audio, I know everything about. <laughs> and uh, you know how that is. And uh, she wanted to borrow a cassette deck from me, which I have one that I hadn't been using for a while. It was actually in a closet, uh, because inspired by guardians of the galaxy she wanted to make a mixtape for her friends for christmas that's cool i like that idea i like that that idea is coming back or yeah, she's a high school senior that i think that's cool so she actually has my cassette deck to this day and i have to get it back from her at some point but uh, <laughs> uh when i do i'll see if i can't make it. I'll, I'll go dig out my uh, rocketeer and see if i can't make some kind of a copy somehow Oh, so you have this? Oh, I bought it when it came out. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've been I've been chasing it that long. In fact, that pair of 3D glasses from most 3D comics that come out, I usually use my Rocketeer glasses to. That's to funny. See the 3D, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my ginormous cranium is far too big for these particular 3D glasses, but I might still try to get a picture of my uh, of myself with them perched on my nose just for a laugh to slap up on ebay or something <laughs> yeah I, I love that uh, i love that book i thought it was great i i actually had more fun with that than i did with the movie so really yeah not a fan um don't dislike it don't love it and i guess that's kind of why i'm cool to it's because i i went in wanting to love it and i only liked it does that make sense yeah yeah it does when, when was the last time you saw it uh, it's been years been years but i you know i saw it opening day in the theater you might be overdue for uh for a second look because i tell you especially in uh you know in view of uh you know how much you like captain america first avenger i mean directed by the same guy and i think has a lot of the same feel as well 
Uh, I, th- I actually think it holds up rather well. Uh, you know, we watched it uh, not long ago again. There's, there's a couple of effect shots that, that don't quite hold up these days, but then there's other effect shots that uh, I think hold up, you know, just as well as the, the latest, fanciest uh, CGI. So, yeah. I, I've always been a big fan of that one. I like that movie a lot. Well... Let's see. What do we got next up on the list here? Oh, I want to do uh, to pick your brain about something real quick. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, according to news stories, I have not seen this with my own eyes, but according to things I'm hearing uh, as we record this just a couple of days ago, the hat started to come down over yes. at Hollywood Studios. And I was just curious. I don't know if I've ever asked you, uh, what do you think about the hat? I have never understood the outrage about the hat, to tell you the truth. I mean, I know there's the love for the Chinese theater, but I guess I never was really that in love with the Chinese theater. I thought the hat was a neat icon for a land that never really had a great, or for a park that never really had a great icon. Um, It's going away. It it was also not functional, so I don't really have a big problem with it going away, but uh, I, I never quite understood the ire. There was the ire for that, and I saw the exact same hatred and loathing and ire when they put the 2000 on top of Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. The Spaceship when, Earth one... While I am one of the few that actually was a fan of the one, the Spaceship Earth one I can understand. From a what-does-that-have-to-do-with-anything perspective, I can kind of understand that one. But again, I, I myself really liked it, and I myself was very sad uh, when they took the wand down. The hat one is strange because it never bothered me, and it doesn't bother me that it's coming down, but... uh you know, I, I I find myself like somewhere right in the middle. It's like it never bothered me. I never really saw the point. It's coming down. I'm perfectly all right with it. It's it's like it it, it did its thing. You know, it had its time and and glad it was there and glad it's going away at the same rate. Because the thing for me is that you know I I didn't catch the Disney bug until you know late '90s, early 2000s. So I didn't have much of a time in the studios before the hat and now being such a picture junkie when i go to walt disney world i can tell you it's tough to get a really good picture of the chinese theater you know all in frame if you know what i mean and which you know according to the rumor and legend that was kind of the point of the hat in the first place and so i'm excited it's coming down just from that angle is to finally open that space back up and to be able to get a a really good look at and a really good hopefully a really good picture of that beautiful facade because it is a a very faithful detailed and, and beautiful recreation of that you know of that chinese theater so i'm excited about it from that perspective um, at the same rate, though, I mean, I've, I've grown used to it, so it's it will seem strange for a while to go over there and it's not there anymore because, you know, I, I never was a hater. I just, you know, it did you know, its thing and it's going away. But it is interesting that a lot of people do focus a lot of negative attention, a lot of negative energy on things like that. Uh, you know what I wish? If people were going to focus a lot of negative energy and attention on changes... You know what the biggest change I would love to see restored? And I don't know how you could do it with the way it's been built now, but you know what the biggest change I'd love to see restored to uh, Hollywood Studios of all of them is? What's that? The aerial hidden Mickey. Yeah. The park, when it opened, was a giant hidden Mickey from the sky. Yeah. And I would love to, and of course, once they built Sunset Boulevard, that all went away. Yeah. But uh, I'd love to see something like that restored because I thought that was a really neat feature. It is. 
or it was rather. I, yeah, I've seen all pictures of it before uh, Sunset came along. That, yeah, it was actually a really cool feature. I mean, they'll get it back somewhat, I guess, with with the hat going away. But yeah, I don't I don't know how they would ever restore that. You know, 100% where it was easily recognizable like it used to be. No. Hmm. I was just curious to pick your brain on that one. Well. I think we should go ahead. We'll move into our tri-circle for this time. And uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, I was talking to you before we got started with the show. I don't know if we ever said it live on the, that would have been what, episode two or not. But we had had a top three, you know, tri-circle for episode two, which was our top three favorite uh, attraction theme songs. Yeah. And after we did that one, uh, again, I don't remember if we said this in the actual episode or not, but we had discussed doing the top three favorites, just pieces of music from around Walt Disney World. And so in case we did actually say that on the air, I don't. I just want to let people know that's not what we're covering this time around, but we didn't forget it either. So that will be a future one. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we, we usually don't tease those. In yeah. Advance, so. Yeah, I couldn't remember if we did or not. Um, but of course that was meant for episode three and then episode three became the Christmas episode. So some of most of our regular stuff, uh, kind of went to the wayside for that special Christmas episode. But yeah. anyway, being he- neither here nor there, our tri circle for this time was one you came up with. And I really liked this one, although it was, it was kind of tough at the same rate. Our top three places to find peace and quiet. I really like. <laughs> I'll, sp- I'll bet after. After the Christmas to New Year's week that you just spent, you probably are desperate to find a place. (laughs) Well, the funny thing with this one is that, you know, right away, several things occurred to me, several possibilities occurred to me. And then once I finalized my list and got it all together, I realized that, see, that's why I love doing stuff like this is that you can get different interpretations of what is essentially a very simple question. So I interpreted it as... You know, anywhere at Walt Disney World, where can I get away and just get some peace and quiet? But once I completed yeah. the list, I realized everything I came up with was actually outside of a theme park. Yep. So I'm thinking, you know, on the whole, people, when they come to Walt Disney World, are generally, where are they? They're in the parks. So then I had to kind of think again, well, all right, maybe Scott meant, where can I get away from it all, have a little peace and quiet, but I'm still in a park. So I, ba- I actually came up with, believe it or not, two lists, one that's inside, one that's outside. So... I do believe it because you sent me a note saying you did that. And when you did, I said, all right, well, I've got to do it too. So I have also come up with an inside the parks and outside the parks list. All right. If you're a game, I'd rather do the inside the parks first. Okay. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Sure, I'll go. I'll give you one. Go uh, ahead. C- Cinderella's Fountain. Cinderella's Fountain in the Magic Kingdom is just behind the castle. Right. There's very seldom anybody there. And it is nice, peaceful, quiet. Uh, there's uh, water trickling, so it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. Nice place to spend a few minutes. Yes. And there's a nice little Easter egg there, too, that I think yep. a lot of people are completely unaware of. Yep. Depending on uh, your height, there's a picture of a crown on the wall behind her. And if you're a, a small child, the angle lines up that the crown is actually sitting on her head. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that, that's that would be one of mine. What about you? Uh, I actually have mine in kind of a three, two, one right here. So okay. 
Um, number three, this was a tough one because I thought, well, let me, let me preface this. This is the way I set it up is I decided that, uh, like I say, my, my original list was all outside the park. When I thought of inside the parks, I thought, well, in order to be fair, let me pick something from every park. So I picked something from Hollywood Studios, something from Epcot, something from Magic Kingdom. I didn't choose uh, Animal Kingdom because I kind of think of Animal Kingdom as peace and quiet anyway. So, <laughs> uh, One of mine is actually from Animal Kingdom, so oh, I got okay. to there. All right, so um, going in kind of reverse order here, my number three, uh, I'm starting with Hollywood Studios. This one was a bit of a, of a challenge because not that I don't think that there's great places to be kind of out of the way and everything, but it came down to, to two of them, and I had to really weigh which one I think was the better choice. And I went with this one only because the one I initially thought of, while it is a great place to get away from it all and get peace and quiet, there's not any place to really sit down. And kind of my criteria for this was peace and quiet, yes, but also I kind of envisioned this as where would I go and just sit and recharge both yeah. myself, maybe a cell phone, um, or read a book, yeah. you know, just chill out. So I had to be able to sit down. So what I came up with for my number three for Hollywood Studios, I came up with uh, Echo Lake. Um, specifically the Gertie the Dinosaur side of Echo Lake. I basically say anything from the queue for Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular all the way around the loop to over in the area that's themed with both the Rocketeer and uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Depending on, of course, time of day and crowd level, that area is usually relatively quiet and kind of peaceful and you know if there's not a you know like one of the the concerts going on or something like that it, it's just generally just a really peaceful place to be and uh, not long ago uh this was back just before christmas time i went over there one day after where i can't remember what i went over there for maybe just to chill out i really don't remember and i found myself sitting there's a little wall um that kind of parallels the entrance to the Indiana Jones uh, stunt spectacular that's directly across from the American, I was going to say American Film Institute, that's not right, the Academy Awards or whatever it is, that awards garden, you know, where they have all the, yeah. the busts and everything. I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. But anyway, there's a little the, wall uh, right there. It's the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. That's it. Garden, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I sat on that wall. And just chilled out and kind of crowd watched and was just enjoying more than anything. What I was doing, I was enjoying the ambiance as I as I want to do. And I'm sitting there and became very aware of the background music loop and started to discover that there were pieces of music in that area that I never knew were there before. And it was very peaceful and and just a great place to just kind of chill out, take a load off. And, uh, and relax, and in, in my case, you know, discover a, a whole new piece of, uh, of background music that I never even know was played. Um, for example, did, did you know that uh, there, there's tracks from King Kong, the original King Kong in that section? No, I did not. I thought that was so cool to discover. I mean, you know, all these times, that's, the, again, I mean, the side tangent, but that's the great thing about Walt Disney World. You can go a million times and still find something new every time you go. And that was a total shock to me that there you go. There's a Kong reference right there in, uh, in Hollywood Studios. I thought that was awesome. Mm, that is neat. That's my number three. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got your Animal Kingdom spot just past the entry to a bug's life there is a little nook 
where there are a number of benches, a lot of shade, and a whole lot of that residual coolness that comes from being right under the Tree of Life entrance area. And uh, it is fantastic. If you have had a warm day, you have run around like crazy, which you can do in Animal Kingdom, uh, it's a great place to just sit, recharge the batteries. Uh, you can watch people go by. You can even, some of those people will even not see you as they go by because it's such a little out of the way little cubby hole. And cubby hole is a word I'll be using during the next list. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to have to look for that. Yeah, it's really neat. If you go, if you're if you're entering and you go to the right as you're heading up Discovery Island area, and you uh, you pass the entry to Bugs Life, it is just past that to the left. It's the same basic area. It's not really under the Tree of Life, but it, you you have the illusion that it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to definitely. Look. I love little you know nooks and crannies like that, little yep. little cubby hole places to just get away. It's even better when it's hidden away like that as well. That's great. Yep. Uh, my number two, um, I'm going to say, and I hope this isn't a cheat, I'm going to say the uh, quote-unquote common areas of Future World. What I mean by that is there's a there's in Future World at Epcot, there's a, a lot of just little like green belt areas that are between the attractions and, and kind of centered around that, that sort of hub shape uh, around the pin station and around uh, each side of Interventions. I tend to favor the, help me out here, Scott, is it East Side that has like the Land Pavilion? And uh, I always get confused on which one's East and which one's West. I want to say that's Interventions East is the side Uh with the Land Pavilion and the Imagination Pavilion. Anyway, whichever side that is. I believe you're right. um, You know, for as a matter of fact, like you'll know what I'm talking about. The area where we started our recording (laughs) for the Christmas special. Would was you like, like to know what's number one on my list? Oh, no. <laughs> that exact spot where we started recording the Christmas special because it's just a series of benches. Mm-hmm. It's green space. It is out of the way. It is just past interventions, and I believe that is east. And, uh, yeah, the, the land is there. Imagination's nearby. You can see all of them from there, which great visuals. And there's there's hardly ever anybody right there. We right. did a whole, we, you know, there are places you want to be able to go so you can speak loudly without having to worry about disturbing anybody else. Right. And so that's kind of where we opened up last, the last month's show because it was so empty. There were so right. many just wonderful areas where we could stand and, and uh, if we wanted to sit on a bench, we could do that or whatever. Yeah, it's great. So and that is, that's right across from one of those, I'm, I'm going to call it a green belt area for lack of a better term. That's directly across from the area that during the, is it Flower and Garden? Yeah, down, during the Flower and Garden Festival where they sent up the um, butterfly uh, ex- exhibit, walkthrough, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So that, when that's in existence, that acts, adds that extra level of, of just tranquil, peace and quiet beauty. And it, it, it's really nice. Plus, you're just outside of that kind of crescent-shaped hallway that's behind uh, Starbucks and the Mickey meet and greet and not far from Club Cool as well. That hallway is great because it's, it's usually... Quiet area. Yeah, it's very yeah. quiet. It's very peaceful. I don't even know that there's any background music playing in there off the top of my head. It, pro- it probably is, and I've just forgotten what it is, but it, it, it is. It's super 
peaceful, quiet, um, depending on time of year and what's going on. Sometimes there's benches or chairs in there and uh, you know, you're out of the sun, you're, you're in air conditioning. If you're just looking for a nice cool break from the weather or whatever, it's, it's really nice. I, both inside and outside of that same little space right there is, is great. It's one of my favorite areas at Epcot. You know what's funny is that little hallway, uh, there's a there's a double door if you're if you're headed say you if you're headed towards the exit right behind Club Cool mm-hmm. there's a little double door there at that uh, that the intersection there where you can go you can go deeper into the building or you can go out of the building you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about yeah um, there's a little double door there and I never see them do much there sometimes I think there's character greeting there but the very first time my wife and I went together to Disney World. That area was made up and called an Imagineering Laboratory. And you got to line up and go in and there's come see what we're working on with Imagineering. And we thought, okay, yeah, this is some kind of a put-on thing because there's so much of Disney is a put-on that pretends to be real life. No Seabase Alpha. And uh, so we got in line for it and we went in and they chose my wife out of the audience to come test new technology. And it was a, she had to sit down and put on these goggles and fly a magic carpet through Agrabah. Oh, yes. Yes. They were actually demoing that technology, not knowing they were building, you know, getting ready to build Disney Quest or unveil it at all. Uh, She actually got to test that out in that room. They had three of them set up with monitors where you could see where they were going and what they were looking at and what they were doing, and they called it the Imagineer Laboratory. They took took us through the whole process of how they developed it and designed it and everything. It was a really neat exhibit. You know what's funny is uh, is I know that we did that too, the the magic carpets of Aladdin, before it went to um, Disney Quest, and I couldn't remember where we had done it. Now, while that doesn't jog a memory of doing it there, I guess it must have had to have been there because I know that, like you say, I know that we did it uh, before it, it wound up at Disney Quest. That's cool. Now, are you talking the, the the because I don't remember it being double doors, but I guess it might be. It's uh, yep. kind of an angled entrance. It's right across yep. from that men's room right there. Is that what you're talking about? It is, it is an angled entrance. It's at the end of that history strip that's on the wall. Is that what you're yep. talking? Okay. That's the space that they used for the 25th anniversary celebration that lasted, I don't know if that lasted a year. I think it lasted a few months. But that was back in, let me see, that would have been 2007? Uh-huh. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. Um, they had a 25th anniversary uh, exhibit in there for Epcot and the one thing that really stood out to me in that somewhere on some disc somewhere, I've got a billion pictures I took of that thing. Um, but the thing that always really stood out to me in that exhibit was they had um, one of these like glass, not quite a tube, like an elongated tube with a whole bunch of memorabilia in it from Horizons. Oh, and wow. in that tube was the robot butler. Now, the robot butler has since wound up on display over at Walt One Man's Dream in the studios. But at that time, that was the only place you could see things from Horizons. And having never, this is the weird thing. I'm a huge Horizons fan, having never actually ridden Horizons. Oh, really? So, so I geeked out because this was my first look with my own two real eyes at 
something from the the attraction and i just i welled up you know you talk about crying at disney world i welled up to see the robot butler because that to me is like one of those quintessential images of horizons was the robot butler and there he was you know separated by inches in glass it was great you know but yeah that that's that same space you're talking about because every time i'm over there i i try to you know sneak a little peek between the seams of the door just to see if there's anything going on in there because you know I'm, I'm always hoping that just on the other side of that locked door that that exhibit's still there and i know it's not you know but yeah you know it's it's the schrodinger's cat thing until the door opens it's there you know <laughs> uh let's see whose turn is it uh, it's your turn. well it's not my turn now because i the benches behind innovations that area interventions that was that was going to be mine so <laughs> we shared one, so you get to go now. Did so that was your number one? But did you have a number two? Well, it's a do... personal question, but yes, <laughs> I, I did. Under the tree of life, that area. Back ah, okay, there, oh, that's Cinderella's right. Fountain, so, yeah. All right, all right. If this isn't a cheat, I'm going to actually do two for number one because here's the funny thing with number one. I knew it had to be somewhere in the Magic Kingdom, but here's the tricky thing with Magic Kingdom. Okay. Not to brag, but as someone that can go pretty much anytime they want to. I don't feel like I'm the best person to say, here's a nice, quiet, peaceful area of Magic Kingdom because I've seen Magic Kingdom in all its incarnations. I've seen it when it's dead. I've seen it when it's like, oh my God, why am I even here? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to judge the average person. What would they see? And, you know, on an average trip, what, what would be considered a peace and quiet? So I went to my wife for this one. I said, honey, I'm stumped. I said, what would, when you think peace and quiet at the Magic Kingdom, where do you think? And if, after she gave me that look like, are you nuts? And really thought about the question, she actually came up with a really good answer, I thought, which was that little side street that's off to the right-hand side of Main Street. As you head toward the castle and you're about, say, a third of the way down Main Street, there's a side street. It's between, like, the jeweler's shop and... What is that? The bakery, I think? Yeah. Anyway, it, it, there's that, that wonderful little side street. And it actually goes quite deep back there. And I think a lot of people don't venture back there. Like, maybe they think that... Oh, that must be a cast member area or something. And they don't go back. But if you go back there, there's there's benches, there's tables and chairs. It's peaceful. It's quiet. Now, some of the background, not necessarily music, but some of the background audio, depending on if you're in a jokey mood or not, can be maybe a little annoying because there's this thing with this thing with a woman and her bird and there's a dance class going on and, yep. you know, this, this little environmental area. But still... I still think it's a great place to just kind of, you know, if you just want to get off your feet, you want, want maybe want to get out of the sun, sit down, chill out, recharge your phone, whatever. It's a nice little out of the way place. Um, there's a similar one over in Adventureland directly across from the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse uh, where Shag Matthews and I actually sat and uh, had a Dole Whip, his first Dole Whip together uh, ages ago. That, that's a nice little out of the way place too. And there's plugs there where you can recharge your equipment as well. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to cheat on this one a little bit is that as we were talking, I suddenly had one of those slap my forehead, I should have had a V8 moments. I can't believe I forgot my favorite place for peace and quiet in a park. Tiki room. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I adore the tiki room. Just, um, last time we were there, it was the three of us and two other people. Oh, see, that breaks my heart because that is such a, oh, a, a total, I could get on a total tangent about that. <laughs> but no, I can't believe that this wasn't the first thing to pop into my brain. 
Okay. Tom Sawyer's Island, man. Oh, I yeah, love yeah. Tom Sawyer's Island. And I was just thinking the other day, you know, I haven't been over to Tom Sawyer's Island in ages. I really need to get over there. I love Tom Sawyer's Island because it is perfectly that. It's peaceful. It's quiet. It's the one place in Walt Disney World that if I see you sleeping, I don't want to kick your heel and make you wake up. Because that sort of thing <laughs> makes me crazy when I see people taking a nap, especially on an attraction. But Tom Sawyer's Island, in my mind, is almost kind of made for that. Go over, you know, take a nap, be be lazy, because that's kind of the nature of it. This was Tom and Huck's laughing place, so to speak. You know, it was their place to just go and, and be boys and, and, you know, live in the woods and all that sort of thing. And it's great for that. It, it is perfectly peaceful and quiet and great little, great little nooks and crannies. Lots of places to explore and Oh, it's just so, it's so much fun. And I think it's one of those great overlooked places uh, in the parks, especially in Magic Kingdom. I, I know a lot of people that have told me they've never even been there. And that just breaks my heart. I believe that. I think a lot of people probably just ignore that because there's not a gigantic roller coaster on it. But right. there's a lot of charm. And I'll tell you one thing they really should do. They really should open Aunt Polly's back up. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if they didn't. They closed it down because it wasn't making them good money or what. But it just... There's nothing like going and getting a good Coke float and sitting on the dock mm-hmm. at Aunt Polly's and just enjoying yourself. So sitting in a rocking chair and just having a good old time. Uh, we, we, our kids so loved that area, we couldn't not go over there. I, I kind of wonder if maybe part of the reason that they closed that down, and this is, believe me, folks, pure speculation. I have absolutely nothing to base this on other than just simply looking at the logistics of the situation. I wonder if it was just a pain in the butt to run, you know, as far as just transporting food. Yeah, over there. yeah, you got you're on an island, you know. I mean, yeah, you can't I, I do could it in be, the open. I mean, yeah, that's... I could be wrong, but I do not believe the utilidors run underneath Tom Sawyer. I, I'd be amazed to find out that they did. So I'm, I'm sure thinking, you're right. There. Yeah, just from pure logistics, maybe it was just a pain to keep transporting foodstuffs over across, you know, however they did it back then, and they just were like, yeah, we don't. Maybe well, it wasn't doing the business. I don't know. It was a very limited menu, and I think a lot of that had to do with the transportation logistics. But I just, I really feel like they could do well enough by having that over there. But I guess, you know, uh, I can oh. want, and that's about it. Oh, if nothing else, restock the soda machines. You know, I yeah. mean, the last time I was over there, the soda machines weren't even working. So, I mean, oh, you wow. couldn't even, you know, have like a cold Coke or something. So you know, restock the soda machines and maybe put a put a hot dog or not a hot dog, but a um, oh yeah, hot dogs would work too. But you know, maybe like a, a, a popcorn vendor and a uh, an ice cream vendor over there. You know, because yep. I mean, there should be something. And the last couple of times I was over there, there's there's really nothing which doesn't affect me so much personally. But I can see that that might be a turnoff to people, especially if they if they were more familiar with it when it did have a restaurant. They're like, well, I don't want to go over there and get stranded. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to drink, you know? So yeah. I don't know. But I just, I think that that is one of those great, uh, largely unexplored areas uh, of Walt Disney World. And, you know, what's funny, though, is at the same rate, I hope it never changes. I think Walt Disney World needs places like that. I think it yep. needs places that remain, you know, hey, it's just our little secret. We're the only ones that know about Tom Sawyer Island kind of thing. I, I think that's part of the beauty of the plan. You know, and, it, is it? And, and it needs places, I think, that are defiantly old school. Yes. Oh, God, I mean, there's yes. There's nothing wrong with leaving some things rooted firmly in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, one of the great regrets I have is that every time I walk down Main Street, I can't go to the Penny Arcade. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I so miss that Penny Arcade because I can't tell you how long I spent. And you know what? It's not profitable because it literally costs a penny or a nickel or a dime for those games. And they're constantly breaking down because they were old. But at the same time, there's so much memory making and magic making with that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think the kids of today would really get a kick out of, you know, this was the old version of video games. Good luck there. My friend, that I think would be a great subject for a show sometime. Just the exact way you put it. What are the the best defiantly old school attractions and, and places that Walt did. I think that's a great subject because I tell you, one that comes immediately to my mind is uh, is the shooting arcade over in Frontierland. Yep. You know, I mean, for all I know, maybe the thing does gangbusters, but you wouldn't think so, you know? And, and so I like that, to all appearances anyway, not knowing anything about the money it actually does, it just looks like one of those kind of acronistic, like, Eh, let's just leave this here because it's old school fun kind of things. And it is. I, every time is. I, I get, I go over and I do that, I just get sucked into that thing because yep. it's just old school fun. I love it. And again, that's another one of those things that I rarely hear anybody talk about. And whenever I get into a conversation with people about it, they generally say, yeah, I've never done that. <laughs> and again, yeah, that's one of those things is like, why wouldn't you? The, the Easter eggs in that thing are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. And I'm good at it too, which is, yeah, it's even better. Uh, you want to go outside the parks for some peace and quiet? Absolutely. I think you're going to like this list. Okay. Who wants so, to start? Uh, who went first last time? Uh, I went first, and then you went last because... You went double last because... <laughs> you stole my last one. <laughs> no, I think, no, I think you went first. Because, I think I went first. So yeah. you go first so that maybe you can steal something off my list. Or maybe... No, wait. You know what? I didn't... No, I didn't. I didn't go first because I had Cinderella's Fountain first. Either way, I'll go first anyway. <laughs> there are a number of amazing... I told you the word uh, cubbyholes was going to come back. Mm -hmm. When you go to the Wilderness Lodge, there are so many little hidden places that you can go sit down. They're little de little writing desks that are just tucked away into little corners that you don't even know are there. Uh, there was an area... We stayed eight days... And I got to tell you, it was one of the best trips we've ever taken. 2005, we stayed eight days on the fifth floor of the Wilderness Lodge. And we were literally, I guess, three floors above the check-in desk. Right. And we had a great time. We were awoken every morning by the screaming at uh, Whispering Canyon, which was okay. <laughs> but every night after we'd go to the parks, I would take a shower and put on my robe, which is the only time I ever put on my robe is when I'm at Disney World. And then I would go around the corner from our room where there was just this little area where there was a sofa and a comfortable chair and a little coffee table and a fireplace. And I would sit and read a book until I was ready to go to bed. And then I'd walk back around the corner to my room and go to sleep. And that was an every night ritual there because it was just there was never anybody there. And I could sit there in total peace and quiet, in total harmony with everything around me. And as I started to explore Wilderness Lodge, I found more and more of those little areas there. They're all over the place. So that's definitely my number three on that list. Now who's stealing who's number one? Because my, <laughs> my number one was the Carrollwood Pacific Room 
uh, at the wilderness lodges. It's specifically it's over that's in the, the villas. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's in the villas side. Yeah. But yeah, when I discovered that, um, I, I will frequently refer to that as my Disney Zen spot because it is so. I mean, it, it is the very definition of peace and quiet. It is so tranquil. I don't even think there's any background music in that particular area. No, it is, it, it is perfectly peaceful and quiet. Yeah, and in 2012, we actually spent nine days at the villas. And my wife and I, on days we didn't go to the parks, that was our morning ritual, was we'd get up and put our robes on, and we'd go down to that room, and we'd sit in a, the, the rocking chairs right in front of the fire. Even though it was July, it was nice and cool in the room, and we'd sit in front of the fire. Hmm. Uh, I, just, I love, absolutely love that room. Yep. It's beautiful. But, they're just, but really, the, the Wilderness Lodge as a whole, villas, uh, resort, there, it's just so full of tiny little places where you can go and there's nobody else there. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. So I get my, is it me now? Because I stole that one from you. <laughs> sure. Okay. Poolside Cabanas. Let me talk to you about Poolside Cabanas. Have you ever gotten one? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we stayed, 2007, we stayed at the Wilderness, uh, not the Wilderness, we stayed at the Grand Floridian. Nine, uh, nine days, eight nights at the Grand Floridian. And one of the things we decided to try was a poolside cabana. And there are these little tents over by the pool. They come stocked with fruit, uh, a variety of beverages, Coke, Sprite, water, whatever you want, a refrigerator, a television with satellite TV, a satellite radio, a CD player, a DVD player, a telephone, comfortable furniture, you can close the tent and just be in there by yourself, or you can open it up and hear the sounds and the things going on in the park. They come by and they bring you things like iced towels. They'll have these little little trays full of iced towels, and they have these tongs. Would you like a nice towel, sir? Hmm. And you take it. And again, if you want lunch, you just pick up the phone and you call room service. And you, know, you can bring me some, uh, we're in Cabana too. Bring me a burger and fries. And again, you are completely, you're as cut off from the rest of the world as you want to be. And when you want, you get sick of sitting in there, you go take a dip in the pool. Then when you're ready to get out and just kind of relax, you go back to the cabana. And you can rent it for a half day or a whole day. We did it a half day and we regretted not doing the whole day. (laughs) It was that relaxing, that wonderful, that peaceful, that nice and quiet. And, and, you know, you've been to these pools sometimes. It's, there's a fight for furniture. Right, yeah. At your cabana. Not only do you not have to fight for the furniture, but the furniture that you get at the cabanas is nicer than what you would get if you just walked up and staked out a, a any kind of a, a lounge chair or anything like that. Right. So the poolside cabanas are aces. They're just, they're fantastic. And the ones at Grand Floridian, it's really neat because out the front of the cabana, you pull open the doors there, you can watch the pool and everything that's going on at the pool. The back side of the cabanas, if you open them up, you can see the monorail. And the monorail passes right by you as it's mm. going to the uh, Grand Floridian. It's fantastic. And I know they also have cabanas at, uh, uh, or they did. I'm not sure what's going on with it now at this point. But uh, the Polynesian, or as we should now call it, the Polynesian Village, Village Resort. Resort. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the uh, the water parks, because I know the water parks have the, the private cabanas as well. And those we've been tempted many times to, to rent. Um, uh-huh. I hadn't yet. Well, the, uh, I know that they did have them at Polynesian. I suspect they will have them again. And I, I just think those are so special and so nice and so just charming and, and restful that I can't believe. I think they'll eventually find their way at all of the, of the uh, deluxe resorts. 
Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to try that because that's that does sound like <laughs> the way to I do so, the resort pools. I so love them. I can't tell you. <laughs> you. You're not fighting for furniture. You you the you you know the drinks. You get an entire stocked fridge full of beverages, and they don't charge. You know, it's not like a not like a uh, wet bar or something where they charge you for it because it's part of your fee for being there. And uh, you know, big bowl of fruit, same thing. So no, it's 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 wonderful. We love it. Uh, my next one would be this. You talk about your 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 out of the way, obscure, hoping people even know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, my next one is uh, Caribbean K at Caribbean Beach Resort. Now, yeah. uh, this was called years ago. This was called Parrot K on a lot of the older maps and stuff, but it goes by Caribbean K today. What this is, it's literally an, a little island that's in the middle of Barefoot Bay over at the Caribbean Beach Resort. You you follow this, uh, I believe it's a wooden bridge from the area where the, the feature pool is at Caribbean Beach. Uh, you follow this, uh, this bridge over to the island that's in the middle of the water. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful, lush, tropical island. <laughs> right there in the middle and it, you know it's small it's you know you can usually walk around it what there's a there's a little playground area for kids and everything yeah. <laughs> and it's it's done up in a um like a spanish fort type of thing there's uh there's you know these old cannons that are there and everything so it looks yeah. like this deserted uh spanish fort and it's just beautiful. Um, yeah. When it, when I discovered it, I just I couldn't believe you know that there was this beautiful you know beautiful little out of the way place I'd never seen before. Again, perfect place to just get away from people and yes. sit and read a book and and just enjoy some absolutely gorgeous scenery. Is this on your list? Is that why you're snickering? No, I'm actually snickering <laughs> because uh, the last time I was there, it was unintentionally not peaceful. Oh. <laughs> uh, we we were we stayed at uh, Caribbean Beach Resort for our anniversary a few years ago and we decided that first afternoon to just kind of take a walk it's just the two of us nobody else on the trip with us and let's just let's just find a place to sit and be alone and quiet in the in the great outdoors and so there we were we're walking through Caribbean Cave everything you're saying is exactly right and they have these a series of little benches mm-hmm. in the garden area they have a series of little benches under cover and which is nice because if it rains, then you don't have to worry about it. You can still sit there and watch everything, and you're you're good to go. And uh, wife and I sat down on a little bench, and we put our arms around each other, and we just sat and we're soaking in the goodness. And I heard a couple of little tick 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 on the roof, and I thought, well, it's starting to rain a little bit. Then all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, on my chest is a lizard landing, <laughs> and scared the fool out of both of us because big lizard just comes plop right on my chest. <laughs> As we thought we were having some intimate alone time. And, uh, and, yeah, the intimate alone time ended and we got up and moved quickly. So, <laughs> Did you but, scream like a girl? Uh, yeah, yeah, we both did. <laughs> Only one of us had the right to. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was just one of those things where we said, okay, well, I guess uh, we weren't meant to be there. But one thing I will tell you, and you know this, beware just at Walt Disney World, period. And they're not harmful, but beware of the lizards. They are everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you walk down the sidewalk now. I mean, I remember we stayed at the beach club this summer, and you could count between our room and going to Epcot, you'd see 100 lizards. Mm-hmm. So they're they're everywhere, and uh, sometimes they wind up on you mistakenly. <laughs> and I'm sure that that lizard was just as scared as we were. I, you know, I try to cut them a break because, you know, planet used to be theirs and that's got a stink. So, yeah, I, I, I try to I try to cut them some slack. 
That was nice of you. <laughs> well, the last one on my list, uh, I think you're going to appreciate this one very much. Uh, I just very recently discovered this little area. Uh, my wife and I, when we went to uh, went back to Epcot recently uh, to do uh, just do Christmas and do some shopping and things like that, we actually uh, took a lunch break and left the park by the International Gateway and went over to the Beach Club Resort. Now, there's a little, um, you know, it, it's basically their equivalent of a food court at uh, at the Beach Club. It's called the Marketplace. It's essentially kind of your gift shop. Yeah. and deli all in one. It's just a, yeah. a tiny little mom and pop feeling shop right there in the middle of Beach Club. Yep. So if you exit the marketplace and, and you're exiting basically into the resort as opposed to back out you know, to the walkway going back to Epcot or going to uh, Hollywood Studios, if you go out the, the other set of doors essentially, you're, you're outside the gift shop you're flanked on each side by these beautiful window displays that they do of basically the merchandise that you can purchase inside the shop. And that hallway um, and that space just outside the doors, there's, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, high raised circular table, you know, where you have to sit in like a bar stool type of chair. Basically you climb up into the chair and and sit there. There's plenty of plugs. So if you want to plug up your phone or whatever, you know, recharge your electronics, there's, there's plugs all over. And it's, Again, just perfectly peaceful and quiet. And uh, the day that we were there, there was like nobody there. And so we basically had that that entire tranquil hallway all to ourselves. And, you know, you just you get to sit there and just, you know, through the windows ahead of you, you can see outside. You can see into kind of like the, uh, the 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 courtyard garden at the back of uh, of the beach club and everything. And it was just it was just beautiful. You know, it's nice, sunny day. So the light was, you know, the natural light was coming in and uh if there was background music, I can't remember if there was, but if there was, it was, you know, it's just very harmonious and, and fit the mood and everything. And, you know, Beach Club is just, you know, the, the whole architectural style is is stick style. It's it's bright, it's airy, and just so conducive to just, ah, you know, just relax, <laughs> take a load off, have a nice little lunch with the family. And it, it was great. We, we really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good one. I love the Beach Club here. The Beach Club's got a lot of little nooks and places, too, that uh, you would just be amazed to know were even there that you didn't realize were there. See, I don't think I truly appreciated the Beach Club until coming to visit you uh, on that one trip when you uh, were staying there. That was probably the most time I'd ever really spent at the Beach Club. And, uh, you know, as far as just kind of wandering the building, you know, the the the. The rooms proper, you know, and yeah. finding my way, you know, from the front desk to where you were staying, because you were kind of on the on the outreaches. It seemed like we were in the villas, so yeah. And and so you know, just that process of discovery and walking along and going, wow, I've 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 never known this was here, you know, and you know, just that whole process really gave me an appreciation for how uh, you know, for one, how beautiful it is, how spread out it is, because it is actually a lot bigger than than it appears from the front. But also just, uh, you know, it, it's gorgeous. You know, it, it's so, again, you know, in, in line with this theme, it's just peaceful and quiet. And I really, really liked that. That's not something, as a resorts guy, that is not something I come to necessarily expect at resorts all the time is peaceful and quiet. And that's a, a great example of a resort that that does feel like, hey, if you just want to get away from it all for some peace and quiet, that's a good one to, that I would pick for that. 
Yeah, that's absolutely. that's just kind of the the mood that I get with that resort. Where there's other resorts, you know, like mine, where I think of more my resort is more like the hey, let's party kind of. Re-, you know, it's a it's a little more, <laughs> you know, it's it's a little more you know young kids and families and festive and everybody's super excited and it's you know it's it's more that you know parks atmosphere Disney as opposed to this is more that ah vacation you know. Yep. And I absolutely. like that. Now. Are you ready for this one? Uh Uh-oh. My last one on my list is the secret Disney park. Hmm. In Kissimmee, there are 11,500 acres known as the Walt Disney Wilderness Preserve. It is quiet. There are picnic benches. There are woods. There are trails. A little bit of Everglades, even. But it's, it's land that was donated by the Disney family to Florida. And it is enormous it is quiet it is peaceful it is natural it is it's fort wilderness without the campers is what it is Hmm. and uh beautiful just right there in Kissimmee. a lot of people don't even know it's there i uh i am ashamed to admit i did not know anything about this so yeah i am chalk me up i'm one of them that didn't know anything about it the disney wilderness preserve hmm it sounds like something I need to go check out. Yeah, it's uh, it is very very beautiful, very beautiful. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that. I did not. Now I knew, of course, that there was uh, land, you know, set aside in the in the land purchase deal and all that that was, you know, to never be developed and all that. But now this this I did not know anything about. I, I guess I didn't realize it was something that you could actually go to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's run by the Nature Conservancy. It is. I'll give you the address. It's at 2700 Scrub J Trail. S C R U B J A Y Trail Kissimmee. Hmm. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yep. That's yeah. That sounds like something I I, I would really get a kick out of. And anything new, <laughs> you know, for for Walt Disney World, yeah. Yeah. I'm have there to check that out. Absolutely zero attractions. It's just wilderness, but it's beautiful. Oh, there's something to be said for that. I think. Yep. That that chance to truly get away. Because let's face it, as much as I love. You know, Fort Wilderness and and the campground and all that. It's hardly roughing it. You no. know, it's it's roughing it Disney style, which is Absolutely. not really roughing it at all. It is not how our forefathers, <laughs> you know, roughed it across the land. You know, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> with their with their cable TV and internet access, yeah. You kids with your cable TVs and your internet accesses. <laughs> all right. Well, I tell you what. Do you want to jump into I know something you don't know? That sounds awesome. I know something I won't tell. I won't tell. I won't tell. I know something I won't tell. Okay. And we chose at random <laughs> Kali River Rapids. Now this this particular one has been two months coming because yep. uh, we teased this one back in episode two, but like I say, we put it on the on the back burner during episode three because of course, come on, what does uh, Collie River Rapids have to do with Christmas? Yeah, so absolutely nothing. We've been sitting on this one for for a little bit, so I am really curious what you've got. I I have the worst feeling that we're going to end up having the same thing for this, so we'll really? we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, this is that interested me too because I. <laughs> I didn't think we'd have the same thing. What What is yours? Oh, you want me to go? All right. Yeah, because I want to hear. Now I'm curious. Mine is, did you know 
that originally it was going to be named Tiger Rapids Run and it was to feature real tigers, real live tigers. But here's the thing, the Imagineers quickly discovered, uh, or maybe they had just forgotten temporarily, you know, these particular tigers, they actually like water and they swim. (laughs) So yeah, we don't want to be serving up a smorgasbord. So yeah, that idea quickly changed. But I think that's funny. You know, it's it's a wonderful idea. But I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, if you go over to the Maharaja Jungle Trek and you catch them early enough in the day and, and before it gets hot and they're still playful and, and you know either hungry or having just been fed, those tigers love the water. And, yeah. uh, and they will go and they will play like kids, like kittens in the water, you know, batting around toys and, and trying to dunk each other. It's, it's great. It's, it's beautiful to watch these giant, majestic you know, creatures, these great cats playing in the water like kids. If you haven't ever seen it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you, you got to go do it sometime. Go to Animal Kingdom early, early, early in the day and go straight to the Maharaja Jungle Trek and the, and the tigers. It's it's really something to see. They're really beautiful. That's very true. Very true. That was actually not mine. Uh-oh. Did you know that Kali River Rapids was built by the same people who built Back to the Future the ride and ah. et <laughs> i did not know that yeah the same company and they've done a bunch of these water rides these these uh same exact water they're the ones who did the uh what's the one in, at six flags uh thunder river oh you, you got me on that i, I think I don't... there's oh really six flags really you're talking the one in georgia six yeah. flags over georgia yeah they have a they have a fan oh yes that's yep yeah, duh yes okay I'm sorry yeah it's been so long since it, yeah I know the one you're talking about you know you know the thing I always thought that that attraction had over a lot of other attractions TVs they got a TV like every five feet through that entire queue because that queue could really back up on that thing you're right yeah. God I can't believe I forgot about that yeah I think it is called Thunder River and you're Thunder right River. that is a great water a family water ride the yeah. exact same people built it the exact same people built that. They built E.T. over at Universal Studios. They built Back to the Future, The Ride, and just about everything in that one theater, the Jimmy Neutron, uh, the Hanna-Barbera attraction. Uh, They did the whole mess of it over there at Universal. But what they did come to Disney and do was Kali River Rapids. The the company's name is Intamin, not to be confused with Intamin. They did not make donuts. (laughs) So... You know, it doesn't. You know, thinking back on my man, it's you. You really, uh, you really woke up some brain cells there. I had completely forgotten about Thunder River, but you know, to hear you say that, it, it actually doesn't surprise me because Thunder River, uh, it, I think it shares a lot of, as I recall it anyway, shared a lot of similarities with uh, with Kali River Rapids. And uh, you know, dare I say it, I, th- I think I think Thunder River was actually, I think it's actually a little better as I remember. I think it was longer for one thing. That that's probably so because that's that would be my big beef with uh, Kali River Rapids would be that it's just not it needs to be a little longer. Right. Well, here's the thing, you know, and, and you kind of you know, hopefully this is a nice segue because you mentioned you know so many of the universal things. Here's the big question. This is probably going to be so sacrilegious, but Kali River Rapids or Popeye and Bluto's bilge bilge rat barges over at uh, Universal Islands of Adventure. Me? Yeah. I'm always I'm always a Disney mark. I I would take Collie River Rapids over the Bilgewater barges. Not that I mind the Bilgewater barges, but if I had to choose an experience, it's always the Disney experience. Hmm. <laughs> See now you're gonna shame me that much more because you know I'm a Disney guy, right? But here's oh, yeah. the thing. Uh, 
you know, part of it's the theming. Part of it's the theme. No, not that Kali River Rapids is not meticulously well themed. I mean, it, it is beautiful, uh, great cue and all that. Um, it's but, just not a theme that appeals to you as much. Exactly. The theme doesn't necessarily appeal to me. It is an incredibly short ride for... I was going to say for the weight, but you know, I haven't done it in so long that might not be fair because I'm not sure that it has much of a weight anymore. I really don't know. But I know the last time I wrote it, seemed like we waited forever for it. And this is this is that dilemma, you know, is that, and you know, I, I, I frequently tell people that are visiting either for their first time or they haven't been in a long time when they're go- going over to say Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, for example. I feel like the best piece of advice I can ever give anybody about that ride at the moment is don't wait more than an hour for it, which will always get me the strangest look like, really, you don't think it's worth it? No, 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 you don't, you don't understand. I think that ride is amazing and I love it, love it, love it. It is, it is right near the top of, of my favorite attractions now that it's open and I've ridden it. But here's the thing. Much like Collie River Rapids, it's super short. So I, I just worry that if someone waits more than an hour for that ride, they're going to ride it and their lasting impression is going to be, oh, that just wasn't worth the wait. I want their lasting impression to be, man, that was awesome. Because oh, it is. You, you typical cast member, you. No, but I, I'm, I'm really serious about that. I, I no. love that ride, but I just feel like if you wait more than an hour, then, <laughs> then there's a, a real possibility that you're not going to dig it. You know, you're See? not going to dig it as much as you would if you just... You know, you waited a half an hour, you know, yeah. and you'd be like, oh, that was awesome, you know. Except, I, and I got to tell you, there is nothing down there that I am willing to wait an hour for. Yeah. Uh, I well, don't think you have to. Well, uh, that's that's you and I being, uh, you know, both spoiled and also, you know, we educate ourselves well, too, yeah, you know. It's all about planning. I mean, for anybody who's mm-hmm. listening to this for, for any planning tips, uh, the, tip, the planning tip is plan. Yeah. Uh, and execute your plan. You'll be surprised at how much you can get done in a very short amount of time if you plan, if you get your magic, uh, your uh, Fast Pass Pluses ahead of time. Mm-hmm. If you get there at the opening at Rope Drop, uh, you can do, I mean, I got to tell you, you know, I, I'm, I hope I'm not stepping over my bounds here plugging another product, but I use the Touring Plans app. Mm-hmm. And I don't use it for the Touring Plans because I think we, we actually do a better job of doing what we want to do. And coming up with what we want to do on our own. But I do use it for wait times and that kind of thing. And to log right. wait times. And last time we were at Animal Kingdom for a day, we had gone on and finished Kilimanjaro Safaris before the app would even acknowledge the ride was open. <laughs> That's how fast we got through that park and did things we wanted to do. Right. Uh, and and I got to tell you, the biggest key to that to me is getting there early, early, early and being there right when they open because that is the smallest crowd, that is the smallest resistance, that is the smallest lines. No, I agree with you. You got, you got to be educated, and you got to you got to plan. You got to know. You know, you have to have a, you know, at, at least a working idea of what is it that we want to do. Because it, it's one of those pet peeves of mine. The people that come, and I I know the kind of money that people are spending for these vacations. Yeah. And they come and they get there and they don't show up in the parks until you know noon. And then the first thing they do is grab a park map and stand there for 45 minutes going, all right, what do you all want to do? And it's like, really? Yep. Yeah. And, and so. you know, what the frustrating thing to me, and it, it, the money part of it is is a big thing, but, I, you know, there are people who come to me all the time and say, well, you, you're a Disney guy. Uh, we're planning a trip. What can you tell us? What can you help us do? And I'll sit down and try to kind of custom plan with them. And I'll say, you know, you've got to be willing to get up early when you go to the parks. You've yep. got to be willing to get there on time. You've got to be there. And then 
they will go take the trip. They will come back, and I will say, did you do what I said? No, no, I didn't want to get up early. I wanted to sleep in, blah, blah, blah. Well, did you have a good time? No, not really. We had to wait in too many lines. The crowds were too big. It got too hot. And they never draw the connection between I didn't do what he said to do (laughs) and I didn't have a great time. Yep. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. Uh, You know, you, you can waste a lot of money just going down there and not and not really having a game plan. Yeah, you have to plan it out. And I'm not even talking like meticulously minute to minute. No. I'm talking just have a no. just have an idea of the big thing is, you know, that goes hand in hand with the planning is just being educated, you know? Learn your yeah. way around on a map before you ever yep. even set foot in the place. Know what's open when. Know what you want to do before you get there. Those yeah, those yeah. sorts of things, but that's you know, that's you know, I mentioned we don't follow the touring plans per se, and that's why I don't want to do at eleven thirty seven we're gonna get on this ride, we're gonna get off at eleven forty, we're gonna go here at eleven forty three. I don't I don't wanna do that. I wanna have a little bit of room to freewheel it and to free form it, but a lot of that again comes with knowing what's gonna be full where. I would never go into the Magic Kingdom at opening and go, you know, I really kind of want to do what I want to do. I'll get Peter Pan later in the day. Right. right. If the, if the park opens at nine by 10, you're done. Yep. You're not getting Peter Pan without a huge wait. Yep. Um, and and you, you just have to know what's going to be bad, where and when, what you can fast pass plus what you don't have to. For example, uh, Magic. you will never have to fast pass plus Magic. ever, 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 ever. There's never a line there, mm-hmm. no matter what time of day it is. You can go there whenever. So you save that for when you need a place to go that the lines everywhere else are really awful. Mm-hmm. But something like Snow White, right now, you've got to the Seven Dwarfs Night Mine Train. You've got to get a Fast Pass Plus for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are better if you don't get a Fast Pass Plus for Space Mountain, then you better head to the right immediately after that park opens. If you want to ride Peter Pan, again, it's either Fast Pass Plus or go straight back there when the park opens, which is what we always do. We always tend to knock out Fantasyland first because those are some of the slowest loaders as far as the rides go, some of the right. slowest loading rides in the in the park. And so we go back there and we do everything in Fantasyland within an hour, and then we have the rest of the day to do everything else. And some of the I, things I we agree. save... We save PhilharMagic for later because we know there will be no line. We know that we can do it small world whenever we want. There will never be a significant line. But the things that we know there are going to be lines for, Little Mermaid, Peter Pan, uh, Pooh, will have a huge line very quickly. We go back there and we do those immediately because you can't fast pass them all. And the only way to get them all done quickly without waiting in line is to get there at rope drop and go straight back to Fantasyland. See, I think a lot of people here planning and and they think of it that way like like a battle plan you know like minute by minute and, and yeah, planning yeah. this much and i'm not talking that and I, I know you're not talking that either it's more of have an idea you know have a clue have an idea educate yourself yeah. and so it is possible to go and still have you know what a lot of people want is they want that that um spontaneous yeah well they want flexibility but they want it to feel natural and spontaneous you can have both you can have the best of both worlds you can still have a completely spontaneous trip where you just go and you show up if you know what you're doing and you're educated on it what i'm talking about is the people that just show up clueless at noon in the magic kingdom and you know they they don't know what they want to do and they don't know what they want to do where it is Nope. Those are the kind of things that I'm just like, wow, you know, it's I'm I'm amazed by those people. And I see it a lot, unfortunately. Um, yeah. 
It just takes a little planning, knowing what you want to do and where to go to, to do it. And get there early. Get there early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, honestly, what we finally learned, because I'm finally getting older, <laughs> is there, you know, you can get there early. Well, I don't want to be all tired and worn out. Well, that's fine. You can be there when they open and when they close, but it doesn't mean that you can't take four hours out of the middle of your day and go back to the room and rest, relax, take a nap, swim, whatever. Uh, midday breaks are awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, but I again, used to be so resistant to that idea. I used to, I, I was too. classically one of those people that got there when they did the rope drop and I yep. powered through the entire day until they threw yep. me out at the end of the night. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. But at the same rate, you know, like you say, as you get older, it takes more of a toll on you. And to a certain degree, it's not necessary, especially if you're staying on property. Ask yourself, why am I staying on property? And, And one of the answers should be that you want to enjoy not just the theme parks, but the amenities of the resort that you're staying at. Well, you're not going to get to do that if you're getting up crazy early a.m. and staying in the park all night until closing and then coming back and crashing. So you can take that midday break. Go back and enjoy your resort, you know, take a dip in the pool and enjoy the other amenities that they have. Yeah, I like I say, I used to be really, really resistant to that. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've saved up for this. I've waited all this time. No, I am spending all my time in the parks. Well, that's great. But for one, you're probably going to burn yourself out. And worse yet, you might burn your kids out. And then you have one of those classic family meltdowns in a park, you know, for, for everybody to see. Yep. But also, yep. are you getting that vacation that you want you know are you are you getting that peace and quiet that chance to just ah just relax you know and and there's something to be said for just going back and and kicking it you know back in your room or back at the pool or, or whatever so you know try to give yourself that too you know the best of both worlds and if you can't do that if you just can't be one of those people to to pull yourself away from the parks and believe me i know it's hard uh then i always highly recommend that if you're staying for more than a couple of days, schedule a break day. And I mean a true break day where you don't do nothing. Yep. You just, you know, you hang out yep. at the resort, you you sleep, you, you know, you go to the pool, you know, whatever. Maybe, you know, a casual leisurely trip to downtown Disney for some shopping or something, but nothing strenuous. Because the entire rest of the time you're there, you're probably going to be on your feet and walking, you know, what is it? An average of something like seven to nine miles a day or something like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it can be. It can be. Yeah. And so, you know, and most people, unfortunately, most people, especially Americans, uh, are not used to that, you know? So it can be, yeah, that's why I continually hear people at the end of their stay going, I need a vacation from this vacation. Well, it's because you wore yourself out, you know? <laughs> Which is great, you know? I'm, I'm a yeah, firm believer well, that if you're not exhausted at the end of your stay, then you did something wrong. But at the same rate, you know, you should be you should enjoy it it shouldn't be yeah. laborious or, or you know that sort of thing yeah so. no well, you know I, i've mentioned several times no well i've mentioned several times during the conversation that you know we've stayed nine days here nine days there there's a reason for that that's not that's not something we arrived at in a haphazard fashion when we take a big trip to disney we take a nine-day trip and the reason is because days two four six and eight are spent in the parks The first day and the last day are not spent in the parks, and every day in between are spent resting from the days in the parks. (laughs) That's that's our formula. That's how we do it. When we take a big trip, it's a nine-day trip, and it's always two, four, six, and eight are in the parks. So it's essentially a a park per each of those days? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can park hop and do that kind of thing if we want, but right. we just make sure that those are those are days that we spend in the park. I mean, look, some parks you only need to do for half day on some trips. Some trips, uh, the studios are a half day. Some trips, Animal Kingdom is a half day. We've done trips where we just didn't have a lot. We wanted to do at Epcot at that time, and Epcot was a half day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of like we we knock out as much of the parks as we want in the first three days, and then the fourth day in the parks is kind of a highlights part hi, highlights day. Where do we want to go back and revisit? Right. Well, I think we have been all over uh, this particular Disney map for this episode, but I, I thought I think we had some really good uh, really good conversation here. Now we need to pick the I know something you don't know for next time around. Do you have your book handy, sir? I do indeed. I need a number between 76 and 308. 76 and 308. Let me think. 94. 94. (laughs) We'll leave as soon as you're ready. Let's go to Docking Bay. I mean, page 94. And... uh, (laughs) Uh-oh. Guess what's on page 94? The Tiki Room. Port Orleans French Quarter. <laughs> All right. So next time around, I know something you don't know about Port Orleans French Quarter. This should be fun. Yep. This yes, should it be will. a good one. <laughs> I love that resort. Yep. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop... Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.